Borealis Entertainment presents Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home A Podcast Memoir by M.K. Lott Chapter 12 The Furniture Store Within a month of working at Amazon, I was down to 8% body fat and cleaning out my cargo van before time was up only once in a blue moon. And that was if I didn't take breaks or conserved my water so I didn't have to pee. Once we got the queue to return to station, I would return with about two dozen packages or so, have them marked as undeliverable, brush the mosquitoes off my already swollen and inflamed legs, check the van for any dents or scratches, and then take the highway to In-N-Out Burger for a double-double with animal fries, a Coke, and a root beer float. My only meal for the day, which I can only hope had the calorie count I needed. This routine was my life four days out of the week, while the other three typically involved me in bed or trying to stretch away the pain in my legs. I had been that thin before. It wasn't necessarily uncharted territory for me and my body, but sometimes enough time passes where you forget how it actually feels until people point it out to you. I rarely saw the usual social group I spend most of the time with due to my lack of energy, but when I did, it was when I was still in the sky blue uniform and dirt ridden vest, hopping from the van to my car to the meetup, and I was definitely presenting myself in a way that not everyone was accustomed to with me. I didn't have time or money for a haircut as my spare time went into rest and my spare money went into gas just to get to the Amazon warehouse, and I had the unattended beard to prove it too. It was the most tan I had been in years, and the veins in my legs were so prominent they completely engulfed the rest of my anatomy. I would have to call it a night hours earlier than anybody else, and while I went home to sleep to show up on time, whispers and worries about my health started to spread through the group. I could feel the need to change in my body, and the weakness that came with being constantly on your feet, and the stress that brewed from the demand to deliver almost 300 packages a day in only 8 hours. But it takes on a very different necessity when you see it in the reactions of the people around you. I barely saw them for that reason. I didn't want them to see me and feel compelled to talk to me differently or speak a little more carefully in order to come off more empathetic. We don't have to do anything crazy, I remember one of them said. We can just hang out and do something laid back. As much as I appreciated the thought that went into the statement, this wasn't something I wanted to be the norm. So, just like I had done before that got me the job at Amazon in the first place, I started shotgunning job applications when I could. I would sacrifice a little bit of sleep just to bombard Indeed and LinkedIn to apply for anything that came to the top of the recommendation list. I would even take calls in between dropping off packages, which I only bring up because seeing that Amazon had quite the knack for being particular about their cameras, it was something of a bold move. See, every Amazon cargo van, with the exception of the Mercedes Sprinters, had cameras in the center of the dashboard that would track my eye movement, so whenever I was looking anywhere but the road, I was assured there would be penalties. A few days, maybe even less than a week, into mass applying, I had gotten a call from the owner of a furniture store just a few minutes away from home. 
I kept the formalities short, simply because, again, I was stressed and I was too out of breath, frankly, to talk for very long. But an interview was scheduled on one of my off days where I would meet her in person and take a look around the store to see what there was to offer. In the middle of an afternoon, I spent a little longer than usual driving around the area just to find the place, along the furthest that direction I had ever been in Ogden. But amongst the construction and business of the road, I managed to find a small little sign that blended in with a gray, bleak building right behind a gas station on the corner of the intersection. The parking lot was empty, with the exception of a couple rundown trucks, a handful of cars all parked in front of the convenience store next door, and a white Prius parked outside the furniture store itself. I walked into the store to see two women discussing in hushed tones by the desk while I decided to peruse the couches. One of them had frizzled blonde hair, while the other was much older and, as I would later come to learn, Iranian. The furniture was a mix of warm, earthy leather and rich, fluffy upholstery, with plenty of accessories and printed horse paintings to match. The warehouse was split into two. One was well illuminated, while the other was filled with more boxes than couches, and only lit by whatever sunlight was outside. Once the older Iranian woman stepped to the side, the older woman acknowledged me and introduced herself as the owner of the store. I sat in front of the desk, eager to sell myself, so to speak. She looked through her computer and then her LinkedIn account to find my resume, but didn't have any luck, so I did her a favor and caught her up on my job experience. I took a lot of pride in having a little bit of everything on my resume, and never really having the same job twice. I kept time and announced race results at a ski resort. I handled beehives for a pest control company in Las Vegas. I was a marketing photographer for small businesses during the pandemic. And at the time, I was a delivery driver for one of, if not the largest retail company on the planet. That was my selling point for why I needed to get out of Amazon sooner than later. After my spiel, she didn't take too much time to ask, how much do they pay you at Amazon? I told her the wage, and she pondered. I can definitely match that, she assured. Normally, I do 6% commission for my salesmen, and as for benefits, we'll talk about that after a month. That sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. The mere sound of something that wasn't Amazon was melodic at best. But I always prefer to weigh out all my options. Are you cool if I spend a few days to think about this? Yeah, of course, she reassured. Just text me with your answer. Now, this may seem a little short, but I won't be telling you the rest of what happened in this episode. In fact, this is projected to be told in nine parts currently. But I did want to explain this in its own episode to explain the importance of finding the right job for you. Like some, I tend to make it a habit of blaming my unhappiness on a learning curve or the lack of time in a job because of course I would experience some issues in the first couple of months of a job. You're just starting to get used to it. So obviously you're not going to be prolific at it. You're adjusting to a change to one of the biggest aspects of your life. Of course there's going to be some uncomfortable adjustments. But when there's other aspects of stress that come in due to that, 
it can wear you down and it can wear you down fast. Working at Amazon was physically stressful because of the amount of weight and health that I lost in the very little amount of time that I was there. I was only there for maybe three, four months. It was also financially stressful because it was hourly wage, which meant if I missed a day, that was an entire day's worth of pay, and most of my spare money went into gas just to get to work. And that was just two of the stressors. There were some who were able to make the job as a delivery driver work for them, and to those who could, I very much applaud them. But there also needs to be something of a reality check. If something doesn't work, there doesn't need to be pressure to quote-unquote rise to the occasion and make the job work, but a lot of us get sucked into almost a sunk cost fallacy of this is the thing that pays my bills, so I have to make it work. But at the end of the day, you have as much power to leave the job and find something new as you did when you applied for the job in the first place. It's more about remembering the fact that you always have options. Now, I could see an argument be made of, well, what if you're in a financial situation where you can't just leave the job? And that's a fair question, because a lot of people are in that position. And I'm definitely not advocating leaving a job when it's not the smartest decision. If you're leaving paycheck to paycheck, don't leave a job if it means you can't afford rent or groceries. But it's a huge temptation, right? I get that. More specifically, how do you stay at a job you hate until something new comes up? Well, we're going to see what my best answer is based off of my own personal experiences over the next few weeks at this little furniture store that turned into something a lot, lot more than that. In the meantime, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Get Lost So You Can Find Your Way Home. I hope this episode leaves you better than it found you, and if you're interested in seeing a mindset shift in your life, or if you're looking to potentially switch jobs but are trying to find the right thing for you, feel free to click on the Calendly link I've attached in the show notes, and I would love to schedule a time to see how I can help you. Thank you as always, and until next time, here's to finding your way.